Twitter sparks outrage as it cracks down on users sharing links from other sites. So Twitter has this thing recently because Elon is making decisions, then unmaking them within the same hour. A lot of stuff just randomly gets said and then deleted basically immediately. But we can still talk about this because this person has saved the tweets for me. Twitter support says, specifically, we will remove accounts created solely for the purpose of promoting other social platforms and content that contains links or usernames for the following platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, Truth Social, Tribal, Nosta, and Post. Immediately, how insecure does it sound? Where you're like, man, we are purging anyone, any mention of anything that isn't us from our platform. Like no other platform is doing it to that degree, right? And so immediately, huge levels of insecurity, huge red flags there. I've talked before about how it seems as though every platform I, I'm aware of does not shadow ban, but not actively promote stuff that links off platform. As if the algorithm can be like, oh, a lot of people are seeing this bit of media and leaving platform. Well, that's not good for us. We just won't show that to as many people. Rather than it being nuke all this social media, it's nuke anything that is stopping people from being on the platform longer. At least that's my theory. Actually, I can show you an example. So here's a dude, he can get 85K likes on just a couple of words, but then a link to his video, 3K likes. 40K likes on this, holy shit. 18K, 2.5. 40K likes, 2K likes, 1.4, two. This is such a disparity that it's clearly not just like, people are less interested in clicking like on this. It is that stuff with links in it doesn't get as promoted on YouTube. I've had the same experience. I've talked to a lot of other YouTubers. It's, it's the same thing. I assume that YouTube doesn't like people using community posts just to spam out their YouTube videos. They want community posts to be actual community posts, you talking to your audience rather than just, hey, here's my newest video. Here's my newest video. Here's my newest video. Because that just clutters up community posts with spam. So this is less YouTube being like, man, we don't even like videos from our own platform and more just like, hey guys, use community posts as your mentor. But regardless, moving on with Twitter. So what I'm trying to say here is what Twitter is saying they're going to do here is not unusual necessarily. It's unusual the lengths they're going to do it and that they're saying this out loud. Most social media aren't going to say, hey, we are just not going to promote or actively remove stuff from our competitors. They're saying the quiet part out loud. We still allow cross-posting content from any social media platform. Posting links or usernames to social media platforms not listed above are also not in violation of this policy, which is a little bit unclear. So I guess like a link to a channel, like you should go look at Dark Viper AU at YouTube is treated differently than a link to a specific video on YouTube, I guess. More information on this policy as well as how we will take actions on violations can be found here. This is in part, I think, related to like they nuked the Mastodon Twitter account and some other social media account. They just remove them from Twitter. And so this was some commentary on that. This is just sad. And uh, I think this was linking to the, uh, the Twitter support thing. What do you think should be a good policy? Hey Elon Musk, I get accounts whose sole purpose to promote other accounts being forbidden, but telling people they can't link out to their Instagram is way too far. This is barely a sentence. The same goes for Linktree. I use mine to link to my website, my coffee base, etc., not to compete with Twitter. Okay, that seems reasonable. Now what is weird about this to me is Elon Musk paid $44 billion for a website that he said, hey, I know how to make it better. I'm the best. I can revolutionize Twitter, make it the best place ever. And so much of his discussions about what is the best policy for the platform is him talking to random people on Twitter and being like, oh yeah, hadn't thought of it that way before. Well, I guess I'll change the policy now. 
And within like an hour, the policy changes. It's like, maybe you should give it a couple of weeks to mull over new policy changes. Maybe like hire some sort of a board to discuss this sort of thing. Or do like beta testing of policy changes and how it impacts the platform rather than just doing whatever comes to your mind because fuck it YOLO and then talking to the quartering, one of the dumbest people on the platform and then immediately changing your mind. People think Elon Musk is a brilliant man. Delusional people, obviously. People who live in like bubbles that must be impressively disgusting. But come on now, this is this is not only sad and silly, but also dumb. I mean, at least it's Twitter and not YouTube. Like at least it's something that doesn't matter as much, right? Goddamn. YouTube to add multiple thumbnail feature for creators. So this is really interesting. This might be the most interesting thing I've seen on YouTube in a while. I mean, this could be fake. It's just been shown to me, so. But we'll discuss it as if it's true because the implications could be interesting. New YouTube experiment that lets you upload multiple thumbnails and see which performs best. So it's just one, two, three, and then it splits one, two, three. That is super interesting because this is something that YouTubers, at least some of them already do. Usually people, as I've mentioned before, who, you know, might release only one video a month and its success really matters. And so they have time to make and workshop like a dozen different types of thumbnails. And then like if the video isn't doing too well, they can swap one in and whatever. So I imagine what would happen is you put all three and then a third of the people will see the first one, a third, the second one, and the uh, third, the third one. And the back end, you'll be like, here's how each thumbnail is performing. The analytics would presumably look very cluttered. Like I, I hope they found a way to like lay that out so it's... You can easily understand what's going on. I wonder if you have the option just to always leave it on three, or maybe it'll automatically pick the one that's performing the best after a day or something, who knows? But this will certainly make the process of making thumbnails even more taxing for a person like me who tries to upload each day. Very interesting. Is this real? That's the thing, who knows? This makes perfect sense for YouTube to do, and as I say, it's something that they already do, but this is like a 200 like thing here. There's nothing here suggesting it's false, but this could be like a conceptual thing. So as a concept, I approve of this idea. If it's real, it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do about it though, because like I pay someone to make my thumbnails and I pay per thumbnail made. I don't really think I have the ability just to like double the cost that I'm spending on thumbnails. But I mean, if I get more views because of it, then it would make up for that cost, right? I have to think on it. It is certainly the case that some videos are very, very good. Not my own, well, in some cases my own, but other people's that I've clicked on and I'm like, man, this thumbnail sucks, but this video is really good. And it's always unfortunate when a good video doesn't get the love that it deserves because the thumbnail just isn't there in terms of its quality and ability to captivate an audience. Might be beneficial for small time content creators. I'm not sure why them specifically. Always keep in mind that when we talk about thumbnails being more clickbait and more captivating and whatnot, is what you're trying to do is be more captivating, more interesting than everyone else. YouTube is a competitive marketplace. And so you are trying to say, hey, sure, you've got Jessica's, Jackson, Billy's thumbnails here, right? You see these videos? Don't click them, click mine instead. And it's just a continuous arms race of who can make the better thumbnail design, the best communication of what your video is about to get them to click it instead of everyone else's. It's gonna be interesting if they put this out for everyone. It seems really helpful to creators though, considering this is something that creators can already do, but how creators do it is just less efficient. Like you have to actively watch the analytics on the back end to know how they're changing based on different thumbnails. This is just better enabling people to do what they already do, at least some of them. This, this seems like nothing but a good thing for creators. 
It doesn't necessarily disadvantage or advantage anyone, although you'd assume that those who have more funds to hire more thumbnail artists would benefit the most from this, right? Although I suppose you could say that it does put additional burdens on content creators to now have three thumbnails for every single video. The process of being the most optimal with your content creation has now gone up, or at least would will go up if such a thing is implemented. On the other side of this, it is now impossible to pick thumbnails for shorts. So it was always the case that you couldn't make a custom thumbnail for shorts, but you could always pick which of the three generated ones would be shown in like the browse section. It says for now, you can't change the thumbnail on your short. So this is the one that will be shown for everyone in the browse section. And you can see here, 9.5% of my views came from the browse section, which is the case for shorts. It's not normal that you get most of your views from the browse section. So yeah, potentially interesting times ahead. The blind 20 input strategy that saves two seconds in the GT5 speedruns. So you guys remember in Facts and Glitches how I talked about how in patch 1.27 you can bring up your phone just before the GT5 logo appears in Prologue? You probably don't remember. While not possible on the current patch, on older patches it was possible to bring up your phone when the GT5 logo appeared after the Prologue cutscenes. This resulted in the screen going black prematurely and it usually was coupled with the game failing to load the next scene. And I think it was Twisted found out that you can, if you type in the phone number, blinds, because you can't see anything, for director mode, it loads into the game two seconds faster. Like it doesn't put you in director mode, it just puts you into the game faster. So it's like a 20 input sequence that you can't make any mistakes in or you lose time and it saves you two seconds. How funny is that? Goat Simulator's GTA 6 leak shut down by take two. From Ben Videotech, News Take-Two issued a takedown notice against the GOAT simulator video amid a cool marketing video which showed an edited snippet of the next GTA title from the leaks back in September. Meet Sean the NPC, this media has been disabled in response to a report by a copyright owner. They also had another tweet where the GOAT simulator was like, huh, I'm in danger, as in from Ralph Wiggum from Simpsons, which I found kind of funny. Showing that yes, it seems that Take-Two is still very interested in keeping as much of that stuff off the internet as possible, keeping people in the dark. I wish I could tell you how much of a snippet was in there, but I didn't get to see it. Take-Two is very odd with their actions sometimes. I mean, I guess in their minds, it's just the fewer people see any of it, the better off things are. The harder they make it to find that content, the less people will see it, which is true. Increase the difficulty, increase the barriers to entry, and less people will see it, and they clearly don't want people to see it, so. And taking stuff down is not the end of the world, as long as they're not like directly suing people or something. YouTube added new analytics for seeing subscriber numbers. So YouTube has continued to expand the, the analytics on the back end. So they've added this. Subscribers last 28 days, like I've never seen this little tab here before, but what was interesting to me is this figure here. But So I gained 16,000 subscribers from shorts, 6,000 subscribers from videos, live stream 3.3 thousand subscribers, posts 500 subscribers, but from other, I lost 5.1 thousand subscribers. For most of the time, YouTube would like not really thought in your face how many subscribers you were losing because as a natural consequence of having so many subscribers for over so many years, you're going to lose some every day. That's just how it works. As I've talked about before, with any kind of thing that depends on viewership, you need to be getting in more viewers than you're losing of a day for you to continue to grow. But this figure where it's like 5,000 subscribers, 5,000 people in the last month were like, that Dark Viper EU guy, I'd rather see him less. Bam. And it isn't like it's a thing necessarily of uh, hatred or dislike or something on those lines. It's just like you get 
tired of content. It's why I was trying to talk about in another ramble that I'm not sure ever came out, where I was just saying, like, every day people get sick of your stuff. You know, that's just a part of life. I probably unsubscribed from, like, three or four different people over the last couple of weeks, and that's just... I was just like, ah, you know, I think I've seen enough of these guys' stuff. I don't really watch them as much as I used to. Screw it. When it says other, by the way, what that means is, like, a person hasn't, like, clicked into your video and pressed unsubscribe. It's usually people from, like, the subscription page, or they've seen you somewhere else that isn't directly in your content, and they've just unsubscribed from that section. And obviously from those sections, your ability to gain subscribers is very, very low. So you aren't gaining subscribers in those avenues to offset the losses. And that's why the number's in the negative. Although, with that being said, the phenomenon of me losing subscribers from other isn't, is fairly new. So like, uh, back up here you can see like most days I'm gaining subscribers from this other section. But down here it's like, uh, losing. But I mean I have more subscribers than I did back in 2021. But I'm just in general not doing as well as I did back in 2021, you know? But like all the way back here, like 2019, 2020, I was uh, gaining subscribers from other. It could be like they're categorizing things differently or something, I'm not sure. But it's, um, yeah, just thought that was kind of interesting. Upcoming collaboration for my Facts and Glitches videos. So with my Facts and Glitches series, there are now currently 61 episodes. And what is interesting is as time has gone on, my editing has gotten faster and faster, and my presentation as well has become more refined to the degree that the amount of facts and glitches has done nothing but increase per episode. So for the first 12 episodes, there was eight to 13 facts and glitches. Then after that, it averaged out to like 18 to 25, but it like steadily grew to that over time which is shown in the most recent episode, which is episode 61, where 20 facts and or glitches made up nine minutes of footage. Nine minutes. So we average like one every 30 seconds. And so it's made it harder to make more episodes more frequently because I need more and more and more stuff to get the same amount of runtime. So if you're wondering why facts and glitches comes out less frequently, that is a part of the reason. Also that I've gone through like most easy or well-known facts and glitches. Although, spoilers for future episodes, I have been in contact with whatever 57010. He is also a dude who does a lot of facts and glitches and stuff. Some of it with mods, some of it with online. Not exactly the same as what I do, but, you know, in the same vein. And I said to him, hey, look, how about we collaborate and I go through your older videos and pick out stuff that I didn't know and I make videos out of it and I, I give you a portion of the revenue. He's like, cool, man, why not? Because obviously his older videos aren't really getting any views. It's just basically free money for him. And I get videos on my channel. Win-win. So I think like 150 things were found that I didn't know or that aren't in my series from his older stuff. And those will be made into videos that will be coming out fairly soon, hopefully. So be good. The future of content creation with AI. Have I dabbled in any of the AIs that create YouTube title subscriptions or thumbnails? Do you consider it? Is this a reference to um, the Spiffing Brits recent video? I've looked into that AI stuff. Uh, you're right, next time I get the chance, I should probably uh, try generating a title when I'm out of ideas. Don't use AI to make art. There is no putting the genie back in the bottle when it comes to AI-generated stuff. If using an AI to quickly get something done like 80% of the way can be done for whatever you're trying to do, you should do it. Because anyone else who is willing to go the 80% of the way is just going to outpace you. AI-generated stuff is just going to become an axe, a shovel. A pickaxe. It's just one more tool in your belt like, hey, I could do this with AI and get me X amount of the way there and speed things along. What does AI ask? You say, hey, Mr. AI, sir, can you make me like a cat that is playing Marco Polo with a dragon? 
and the AI is like, you got a boss, and then it makes one. And you're like, oh, that's not quite there. Can you, like, um, put, like, a smiling sun in the sky? And the AI is like, you got a boss, and then it puts it in the sky. And then you can look at it and say, you know what, this small part here doesn't look as smooth as I want it to. And you can yourself with your own other skills fix that a little bit. And then you get what you need. Or you can be like, give me some ideas for X, Y, and Z. And they give you different art things and you can then make something yourself, right? It's a, uh, there's always going to need to be people who have the actual skills to tinker with this stuff, but it's never going to go away. It's just not. Trying to stop it is like trying to stop cars because, you know, you really like horses. Speedrunning Keo Perico has now become harder than ever. The newest update has nerfed Keo Perico. Like people say it probably affects the speedruns, I haven't seen it yet. Because the uh, enemies can find bodies and stuff. That surprises me that that would really be important for the speedrun. Because I would think that neither of the two bodies that you normally do, that that would matter for. Even if the body got seen and thing would be alerted, like you just run the same way and just heal. It'd be more annoying, but I don't know. Long story short, just before I stopped, a lot of changes happened. And it's going to be interesting to come back to that, say, in six months or something. Is the GTA 6 trailer coming in 2023? I reckon we'll get a GTA 6 trailer in 2023 due to Rockstar admitting online is slowing down because they're completely focused on GTA 6. I think given how long they've waited to release the trailer, that they're just going to release it when it's ready. I don't think the state of GTA Online is going to matter all that much. I'm sure all Rockstar is thinking about it's like, we're going to make a game that people are willing to play for the next 10 years. Is speedrunning old games easy for newcomers? Also, I'm trying to learn speedrunning portal. Holy crap, the fast movement system is annoying to learn. Also, hi. The longer a speedrun exists, the more difficult it becomes for new people to jump into it. Well, to a degree. Certainly, as time goes on, more tools exist to help people, but... The more that you need to learn and stuff, the more difficult some of the tricks become. It's a general rule. Do people feel nostalgia for what I used to make? I wonder how many people have nostalgia for me speedrunning GTA 5. Probably a bit, right? I remember seven years ago watching Dark Viper AU do X, Y, and Z. Felt that especially during Oko. It felt like it would take years to get back to speedrunning. And it's still, I'm still not back at it. I just can't care. You remember me doing 100% getting world record? Ah, oh, yes. Those days. Those were the days. What happens after the GTA Online servers go dark? Wohai Walabala asks on the Discord, what do you think would happen to GTA Online content, including missions, once it eventually shuts down? That is the scary thought, isn't it? That one day, that's all just gonna go away. One of the highest selling games of all time that people have thrown literally billions of hours into is just gonna be completely inaccessible. I don't know. Especially right now, because direct recreations of those missions I don't think exist anywhere. Or at least don't exist to my knowledge. So I guess they would just be inaccessible. And that would suck. Would I accept the role in GTA 6? There was no role that Rockstar could offer me that I wouldn't accept. Unless, of course, it took like a ridiculous amount of time. If it would take away from everything else that I do, maybe not. Unless I was justifiably compensated, right? If it was just some... Bit thing, of course I want to be involved. I get my own little Wikipedia page and people would be like, Oh, that's the Dark Viper AU guy, or that's uh, some random YouTuber that we don't care about, kind of thing. And that'd just be cool. To be immortalized in something as socially and culturally impactful as Grand Theft Auto. Not just socially and culturally impactful, but in my life. The phrase, it'll be a dream come true, would be uh, overstating it a little bit, but it'd be a really mad thing to have happen. Even if I was, like, ridiculed in the game to some degree, I would be interested in doing that. Who wouldn't? The most tied GTA 5 world record. 
We got mass percent. I'm sure there must be like 800 people who submitted that now. <laughs> Look at how many gold ties. That's nuts. And it's all based on um when the last one. The last one was 24 days ago. Apparently Bit said he also had a go at it. Um, Bitsu. Look at these scops with their three seconds, man. So many of them. Just couldn't get to two seconds. They're not good enough. <laughs> In the four seconds. Eight seconds. Seven seconds. 149 submissions. That's nuts. My 4K Samsung monitor won't stop breaking. So for those who are unaware, I bought myself a Samsung G8 Odyssey. A 4K 240Hz monitor. And within a week, monitor died. And so they said, look, we'll get it repaired. So two weeks was away for repair. They send it back for me. Instantly, my uh, PC crashes twice while plugging the monitor in. PC wouldn't boot with the monitor in. But now it's finally seemed to be a little bit stable. And I just noticed the monitor's broken. Might be a little bit hard to see. Can you see the smudge? This isn't dirt. It's and like a burn mark or something. This is after being repaired. So all I can say is, Samsung, what, what the hell? First world problems? I don't think it's a first world problem to have hardware fail within a week of purchasing it or to be given faulty hardware after repair. I think that is a universal experience, <laughs> unfortunately. I got Reddit famous on Suspiciously Specific. So those who follow my community posts will know, occasionally I just write weird stuff that I find kind of funny. And one of them got a bunch of upvotes on a subreddit called Suspiciously Specific. Currently got 5,000 upvotes basically. If I were to murder someone, the only possible tool I would use is a shovel. If a shovel wasn't involved in a potentially soon-to-be-discovered murder, a judge and or jury would know for a fact that I wasn't involved. Funny. <laughs> yeah, I like this one. Average dark web AU community post. There's some references to memes here, so some people know me. Thought that was cool. I like it when my weird humor gets appreciated. Do people even bother to enable notifications? YouTube actually sent out a notification, can't believe it. They usually do, don't they? I don't get that many views from notifications, but that's probably because... Well, I mean, in general, like, I suspect that most people don't have notifications turned on because most people are subscribed to, like, hundreds of people. You might have notifications turned on for, like, a couple of people at best who maybe release, like, a video once a month that you really don't want to miss. But, um, for people like me who release a video every day, like, why would you turn it on for me, you know? Especially the people who don't want to watch every one of my videos.